1: Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at IrishBreakdown.com. And tonight, we're going to talk about the commitment of Devin Moore to Notre Dame. This is a big one for Notre Dame. This is uh, essentially, it's going to complete the cornerback class essentially for Notre Dame right now. There are, There's another cornerback they would take, but they're right now that's not going to get him. So Notre Dame has met their cornerback needs. And we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into the film. Of Devin Moore. We're gonna dive into what's next at cornerback. We're gonna talk a little bit about Marcus Freeman, a little bit about Mike Micken So got a lot in store for you tonight. So, but but the the topic of the show obviously is Notre Dame has picked up a commitment from Devin Moore, a 6'2. I've seen him listed from 6'2 to 6'3. First of all, I'm sorry, I got a little ahead of myself. Happy Independence Day to everybody. I hope all of you are having a great, great day. I appreciate all you uh, all you here that are. Uh, it's July 4th. There's fireworks. There's cookouts. And you guys are all, you guys and gals are all here to talk Notre Dame football. And I absolutely love it. So uh, we're going to dive right into the commitment of Devin Moore. So Devin Moore is a 6'2, 6'3 ish. I've seen him listed at both. He's a very long cornerback from Naples, Florida, in uh, Naples High School in Naples, Florida. Very underrated cornerback. Was was a consensus three, four, three star for a while. Rivals has now bumped him up to a four star. I anticipate him getting a bump at two four seven as well. I graded him out as a top one fifty caliber player that just missed out on being a top hundred player. I just want to see a little bit more out of him and some from some technique areas as he goes into his senior year. But this is a big time pickup, a great fit for the Notre Dame de- for the Notre Dame defense. So let's talk a little bit about how this recruitment really went down. And I think. Getting Devin Moore is just an example of why I am so high on the Notre Dame defensive coaching staff right now and why I think that side of the ball is is really just cruising the way that it is. And what I mean by that is part of recruiting success is not just, you know, getting certain players and and getting top players, but it's also about you've got to have a good strategy going into it. And, And this is an example of that where, obviously early on there were some players that Notre Dame identified as top prospects and some of them were highly ranked guys. Some of them weren't, but Notre Dame was patient at cornerback and and perfect example is early on. It looked like Notre Dame was going to get Jaden Gould, who is a a four-star cornerback from New Jersey player that Notre Dame coaching staff liked, but they weren't, they didn't rush it. They, there were some concerns about Jaden that they had as a player, um, injury type of things where they said, you know, we could get this highly ranked kid and and he's long and he's tall and he fits our system, but let's continue to play this thing out. Let's not force the issue. Devin Moore is a player they started getting on about that time. Notre Dame got on him pretty early and really beat a lot of programs to the punch when it came to really making a push for him. So when we got to the summer and, or we started getting closer to the summer and his recruitment started to really take off, and programs like Alabama got into the mix, programs like Florida really started pushing more. Notre Dame was already in really a great position with Devin, and that was a really big part of how this whole thing went down. So I think that was something that you look at and say, this is this was a big part of the success for Notre Dame, was being ahead of the game, getting on him early, but also th- th- it's interesting how this cornerback class has really come together because the staff has has really – not force the issue. There's been a level of patience here. There has been, um, you know, you, you just look at the kid, and you say, or look at the class, and you say that what I thought it was going to look like five, you know, three, four months ago is not what it looks like. But this version of it is better because the coaching staff had patience. They didn't force the issue just to get good players. They wanted to get the best players they could. And they shot for it. And obviously, Devin Moore was part of that. And this is a player that's been there's been it really been two corners that have been near the top of the board or at the top of the board for months. Devin Moore is one of those players. And they have really been all over him. Obviously, they got Jaden Mickey very early in the class. And Devin Moore has been that guy that this this staff really, really wanted. Because as we've seen with from Mike Mickens and, and Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati with Amont Gardner, very tall corner. We saw this with Mike Mickens at Bowling Green too, with Nick Johnson. He had a six foot three freshman cornerback at Bowling Green, true freshman that he helped turn into an All MAC player as a true freshman. We saw it this past year with Nick McLeod, who actually is one of the smaller corners that that uh, that Notre that Mike Mickens has coached during his tenure. But this is that type of really long, rangy, athletic cornerback that Notre Dame really, really covets, and some reasons why are. It gives you length. It, lot, it gives you coverability. It, it takes away a lot of the quick game. It, it gives uh, quarterbacks a much wider target to have to throw around. It's sort of the same reason you like tall and bigger, longer receivers on offense it gives you a bigger catch radius. Well, these cornerbacks are kind of meant to counter that. And I think as we'll dive into the film, you'll see one of the areas where I think Devin Moore strives because you don't, it's hard to find 6-3 corners because of the certain athletic traits required to play Corner in Marcus Freeman's defense, which a lot of 6'3 guys can play cover two and and can play cover four, but this is a different deal. This is the ability you got to have the ability to play bump and run, you got to have the ability to play press. This is a reason the Notre Dame went after Caleb Evans. They like those long cornerbacks, and Devin Moore certainly fits that bill. So the Notre Dame staff did a great job of showing patience early on, letting the board work itself out, and not rushing to get commitments that they weren't guys that they weren't 100% sold on. Notre Dame became 100 percent sold on Devin Moore very early in the process and went hard after him. This was another one of those group effort things, and obviously Marcus Freeman's going to get all the attention, and he and rightfully so because he's done a great job. But you know this continues a trend we've seen at cornerback under Notre Dame that lasted that started before Marcus Freeman got here, and we saw this last year with Mike Mickens and how he put together the 2021 class. You know, getting on Ryan Barnes early getting on Philip Riley early, players that were very talented, fit the board, ended up having very impressive offer lists, but guys that because Mike Mickens got on them early, that is that relationship allowed him to thrive. And Devin Moore and Ryan Barnes are very similar players, and so you can understand why he went after them. But you know this is one of those deals where you're now seeing two years in a row. Mike Mickens has been a coach at Notre Dame for about, about 18 months, And in those 18 months, Notre Dame has now gotten commitments or signed seven cornerbacks in 18 months. Uh, so very, very impressive job. And this is the second cornerback that they've landed from the state of Florida, which is something that, uh, to me is, is worth noting and something that I find to be very interesting. So this is a, this is a really, really big pickup for Notre Dame. And, uh, obviously this is a guy that, that was a musket, Then this is one of those ones where you say, okay, what are we to believe, right? When we look at recruiting, it's okay. What's the rankings? Well, his rankings aren't all that impressive. You know, if you look at Devin Moore's r- r- rivals, has him ranked as a four-star player, but the number 29 corner in the country, 247 sports has him ranked as a three-star ESPN has him ranked as a three-star. They both rank him as a safety and on the composite list, he's the a three-star player, the number 364 player in the country. Then you look at his offer list. His offer list looks a whole lot different than his rankings. Notre Dame, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Miami, Auburn, Penn State, Michigan, Tennessee, Stanford, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and a lot of other schools. And then you look at the fact that Alabama was working hard, Florida was working hard to try to not get Devin Moore to commit. And that was the really interesting thing. So uh, i say probably within the last month and a half, those two schools really started pushing hard. Um, for Devin Moore and both got him on campus for unofficial visits before he went to Notre Dame the weekend of, Ju- of June 11th. And their goal was to try to get him not to commit this summer. They, cause I, they knew what, what we knew at Irish breakdown, which is if he commits this summer, it's probably going to be to Notre Dame. Devin is a very high academic kid. If you look at his offer list, he had an offer from Duke and he had offers from also had an offer from Stanford, took a visit to Stanford after his visit to Notre Dame. So this is a kid that fits the profile, very talented player, also a high academic kid. And so another reason why he fit. But Notre Dame was able to kind of fight off Bama and fight off Florida and and get Devin Moore to commit. And this is a huge, huge pickup for Notre Dame. Now, look, those schools are not going to stop recruiting him. Just like schools did not stop recruiting Philip Riley and Ryan Barnes last year. But I like where this relationship was at. I like – the bond that they've been able to build, and I like the fact that this is a, stu- a young man that understands the need to have a very, very high uh, desire to have a very, very high academic profile. Scott Fessler, my man, thank you so much for that huge Independence Day Super Chat. I appreciate that very much, and huh, that's uh, that's big time, man. I, I can't, can't thank you enough for that, and then Brandon, thanks for sharing your Fourth of July with us. Absolutely, I mean, you guys are part of my of my family. We call it the Irish Breakdown family, and um, you know, m- I'm going to make time for y'all today. And my wife is currently working on something right now that I'm excited to sh- tell you all about. Hopefully, very very soon. So we uh, we got a lot going on, but uh, very excited to spend spend my time with my Irish Breakdown family. So this that's Devin Moore. That's a big pickup for Notre Dame. We're gonna kind of talk about his his fit, and some other things, uh, what's next in the secondary, those kind of things. But I do want to dive into some film. So let's dive into some film of Devin Moore. We're going to watch watch him play, and I think you guys are going to get a good sense of why I am so high on Devin Moore as, as we go through this. So let's pop up his huddle film and get into this now. And as I have said, the first thing you're going to notice about Devin Moore is his size. Very, very long cornerback. You see that length? You definitely see that length. Very, very long athlete. See You see the length. And here's another thing that you're going to notice about about Devin Moore. He is very, very long. Very long. And part of that helps him, as I said, part of that is going to help him. He gets his hands on a lot of footballs. He's a very instinctive player, very smart player. Yeah, it's getting better for me too. So, but but that's the thing right there. You see that this is one of the clips that to me really stood out. So when, when you watch him, he's playing, he's playing press. So you see a couple things here. Number one, you see the length, right? That helps him. He really gets that guy off balance. You see patience. Okay, he he understands. He he trusts his athleticism, trusts his instincts. When that receiver makes that first inside move, you see a guy that does not, he doesn't bite on it. And then that guy makes a nice outcut. Devin actually takes a quick step inside. But you look at how that length and his instincts to find it gets around. So as soon as that corner, or that receiver breaks with the ball, Devin knows he's got the angle. So what does he do? He gets his eyes back to the football, finds the football, uses his length to get his hands on the football. You're going to see a lot of that from Devin Moore on film. and I, As he goes into his senior year, you're going to see him do that even more. See patience again using his length to get around and that's another thing where length can be really important in coverages because you, if you're a little bit of a shorter armed corner and you're trying to play through the back of a cor- of a of a uh, of a guy I want to get back to that route you're trying to play back through so through the back of a receiver meaning you're coming from behind if you're a little bit of a shorter guy then you're you're going to have a little bit of a harder time kind of getting through that without making body contact and and with Devin Moore because he's so long He doesn't really have that issue right now. Vince has joined us here. He just had to get himself seen.
2: That was an accident, Mm -hmm. but uh, definitely excited to be here because uh, this is huge. And I see you've got your gap closer shirt on, Brian, for good reason, because this kid is a gap closer. There's no question about it.
1: This is something I want you to see, too, right here. He's playing a little off coverage here. Look how smooth he is athletically. Mm -hmm. You don't see the tightness, really nimble feet. And he doesn't look as fast as I think that he is because of because of that length. Patrick, I see your super chat, man. I appreciate you so much, all of you all so much, uh, for your time and, and obviously for for your financial support of our channel. But this is something you're going to see. Uh, just, I, I really like this kid's athleticism. And there's length. He's oh. just kind of mauling with a guy. You really see that length, but he's a really smooth athlete. You look at the patience here, right? Okay, guy comes off the ball, stays outside. That's discipline, right? This, he's a support guy. As soon as he sees a run, he makes sure he gets outside, finds the ball, gets his inside hand on this guy, uses his length to keep. That's a pretty big receiver. If you look, Devin Moore's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, that kid's bigger. And this kid's d him up, but he keeps him outside, comes off, and delivers a nice tackle. And what's key about that is he is the outside support, so the way right. he was
2: positioning that wide receiver is he was pushing mm-hmm. him to the inside so that – it funnels back inside mm-hmm. toward his help, right? Yep. And even though the, the the running back tried to pop it out, the, yep. he was there to make the play, and he's obviously yep. not afraid to be physical either.
1: No, which is one of the many things I, I like about him that help, makes me think he could project a safety if the need was there. Here he is playing press, and this is the kind of press I like to play with long guys, is mix it up. Sometimes you jam, sometimes you mirror. Look how he's he's in phase with this guy the entire time. When that guy starts to break, he breaks. Yeah, I mean it's almost as if like the guy told him, "Hey man, I'm gonna inside release right here and run a little five yard hitch." It's like the guy told him that, and he just <laughs> he's all over him. And this thing, you watch this receiver. He's trying to he's trying to get Devin outside. He wants him to bite outside. Devin doesn't go for it. He's patient, stays on it, and then let reads the route, just gets on him. Takes. I mean. The, just takes the throw away, takes the throwing lane completely away. Now, this is something that this will be a thing that when I talked earlier in the show about some things I need to see him improve upon, this is one of those examples. He crosses his feet here and he gets a little narrow with his base at times. You can see it here and that causes him to be, You this is he not a clean a transition. Yeah. yeah, this is not a clean transition for him. But when you watch it, you say, okay, why is this not a clean transition? Does he have tight hips? Or is this a technical thing? This is 100% a technical thing because you don't see it. And these are one of the things I want to see him improve upon. Now, he's able to get away with it in high school, but in college, there's some receivers that you're going to be able to get away with that on. So, you know, keep your base, don't narrow your base, and then open up and run. Don't cross your feet until you've opened up. He crosses his feet before he's opened up.
2: And it causes him to jump, like right. that, little, that little hop right there. Right. That's what causes that. And that will all that would make you lose
1: that half a step. Right. So those are some of those technical things I want to see from him. Now, here's an intriguing aspect of it. This is a position I could absolutely see him being great at, even if he's not a, one of the top two corners. So if he's not a starter at corner, look at that length in the slot. This is a kid that can match up with tight ends. This is a kid that can match up with backs. You see him more physical here. But look how long that his that, that length is big time. But he, I, I think he could. This is what I this is one of the reasons I love about him, right? So I this is a kid that to me could play five positions in the secondary at a high level. Mm-hmm. And the number of kids that can do that is incredibly rare. Incredibly rare. Nice recovery. I thought that guy was going to get him to the outside.
2: And you know, so I feel like that last yep. play was indicative of your comment yep. about how he can play five different spots yep. because he he was good in space, right? Yep. And that's what you look for from a safety position yep. because the way he was following that play, it put him in the safety position
1: and mm-hmm. then he made the play here's another example i'm talking about stays patient doesn't bite on that guy he understands what he's trying to do he's trying to prevent an inside route that receivers trying th- that receiver knows he's trying to prevent his outside route right? because here here's the reason the receiver knows this okay little, little mini football 101 here mm-hmm. okay watch see the receiver's inside foot is up okay so his inside foot is on the line devin moore's outside foot is is slightly inside of that player's inside foot so that means by his alignment, his leverage is saying, you're not going to beat me inside. Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen is is it, a good re- an outside release can get a corner and a bite. Devin Moore knows he's protected inside, so a smart corner is not going to fall for that fake. Devin does a good job of not falling for that fake and not jumping that outside. So when the guy tries to beat him inside, and that's a big receiver, he's right there on him, and he squared him up, doesn't have to flip his hips, uh, just a really sound. It may not seem like a big deal, but that's a really sound football play. Really sound football play. Now see here his transition's a little bit cleaner because he's got a better base. He doesn't hop and he just he opens up and runs. Much, much better play there. And you see that more often than not. And that can happen with with six three corners. Is they they their footwork can get a little bit sketchy early on because they're so long, it's a little harder for a longer guy to control his his feet when he's 6'2", six, 6'3", six, at that age. Good patience. It's a little bit of a tight transition. He bites on that a little bit. It's a little tall, leans back a little bit too much. He's kind of on his butt instead of saying kind of staying forward on him. It's a little bit tight with this transition. But he can recover because he's so long. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this, this is a really, really... This is not a smooth transition because you can watch him here; he's flat-footed, and so he he doesn't actually open and run. He just kind of turns his body, and his feet come next. Right? Those are some of those technical things I talk about. See, watch that—he kind of turns his hips before he really does anything with his feet.
2: When I feel like a good receiver at the next level, will just swim him back to the outside and cut right underneath that, don't you think,
1: Brian? Because the well, way, po- his yeah, possibly, is- but the other part I of that, because mean- see. Now he to your, to Vince's point, because he's his he's technique got him. Uh, yeah, he's he's now going to overreact, and that guy can beat him inside. Or right. the, the thing I'm more concerned about is a guy just runs by him. Sure, right. But those are technical things. Absolutely. There are plenty of clips where he shows clean transitions, and that's why I say when those things get cleaned up, his ranking for me, he will jump into that top hundred category for me.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
1: So that is Devin Moore. And, um, as you can see, very long, very mm-hmm. smooth athlete, very clean athlete, very instinctive football player, very smart football player, gets his hands on a lot of footballs. His game film is even more impressive because what you see on game film is they just avoid him because he just locks guys down. Right. And and he he shuts down a half of the field at the high school level. To do that at the collegiate level, which I think he's capable of, Vince, he's going to have to clean up some of that technical stuff because the one thing I'll say is I think he has good speed. I think he has very good long speed. But he doesn't necessarily have the kind of elite speed that can allow you to to be inconsistent with your footwork, and so as that gets cleaned up, then I, then I you know I can I can it's easily him see faster. him being an odd Med Gardner type of player who's who Ahmad Gardner at Cincinnati's not an elite athlete, but and I would say Devin Moore is a better athlete than Ahmad Gardner is, but because of that length, you can overcome some of that. But I actually think Devin is faster than than sometimes even shows, and you see that at times. And and once his technique gets cleaned up, that's gonna you're gonna see that even more. And and I re- and I believe that's why I think he fits there in defense. Cause if w- you can have a six-three cornerback that's maybe not an elite athlete that's really smart, could be a great corner in college, but he'd be a great corner in more of a Julian Love type of mold, playing off, keeping things in front of you, and then driving on the football. What I like about Devin Moore, Vince, is that not only can he do that, obviously he can be a cover four corner, he can play sure. cover two. You know, he can play cover three at a very high level. I mean, you think about him playing cover three and trying to squeeze in on seam routes and stuff like that, getting over top of post routes. That's not a guy you're throwing the ball over top of in that regard. But what I also like about him is that unlike a lot of 6'2", 6'3", corners, is he can come up and he can get get his hands on you. But also, he can also mirror. He doesn't have to jam you. He also has the ability, even if you beat him for a step off the line, he can recover with his length and his speed. And he's a good tackler. He's not a great tackler. He's a but he's a tackler. willing. He's a willing right. tackler. And he's gonna and get stronger. And yeah, that's absolutely. and that'll part of his game will improve. <clears throat> so I mean, this is a kid that to me, Vince, doesn't have a weakness in his game from the standpoint of gee, that could hold him back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any physical weaknesses. The things that he has to clean up are technical things. Now, I don't know if he's necessarily elite in any physical categories like speed, quickness, things like that but he's at least good to very good in all of them. Right. The elite aspects come from the length and the instincts. Those things are there, which then allows him to maximize that speed. So when you think about what Marcus Freeman wants to do defensively and you think about the kind of corner that Mike Mickens has had success with his entire career, this is like that kid in a lab, made in a lab. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Devin Moore is, in my opinion. Yeah, th- this is
2: just an absolutely huge pickup. And like you said, he may not be elite in a lot of categories, but – the package is elite because he has all of those different things checkmarked. Yeah. And you don't have to take him out when you're going to dime and you're going to Nick. You know what I mean?
1: Like you yeah. don't have to uh, mirror or mask some of his. Right. You don't have to protect him. That's, That's the thing is, you don't yes. have to protect him. You can and let him go on an island. And just so people know, too, you all know I've been very high on Devin Moore for a while. Vince is actually even higher on him than I am. Vince thinks he's a top 100 player. I mean, right mm-hmm. now, definitive top 100 player. And I think Tom Loy and I have talked about Devin Moore. And I don't know if Tom has said this publicly. So if he hasn't, I apologize to Tom for putting this out there. But you know, Tom's on in line with, with you and I on this too. I mean, so there's 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 a lot of uh, Brian Smith, who runs the UCF site, another guy that is a is a big film guy. He's seen Devin in person, I believe. Right. Brian's another guy that's yeah. like so, so like I know a lot of people, and, and when I've talked to people at Notre Dame, it's like, okay, what am I missing here? Why isn't this kid ranked high? I'm like, We we see it too. So there's a lot of people whose opinions I respect. Yours, Brian's, the coaches. You know, Tom's on that same page here. The fireworks going off outside. Um, (laughs) A lot of people I see. It's like, okay, I feel better about projecting him higher than the rankings are because there's a lot of people that actually watch film who feel the same way. People who aren't Mm -hmm. into camps and all that other kind of stuff who feel the same way. This is a this is a big time. This is a big time player Vince yeah no I really I really really do believe that and I I just he makes
2: me feel a lot better about second about the secondary and and I, I was gonna add this to the the last thing that I said you and I have talked about what Marcus Freeman wants to do with the defense and how he wants to be aggressive which means well, he wants to be aggressive with the front seven which means some guys are gonna be left out on
1: an island he you likes have to have run have man a to man corner He's, look let's let's this is what Vince just just say what you're gonna say Vince <laughs> to run this defense you have to have a boundary yes. that can lock down half the field yeah exactly and that's a lot of pressure you're putting on a kid but like that's what they need I know but that doesn't mean they can't be good without that but for right. this defense to truly thrive the way that Marcus Freeman wants it to exactly. you have to have boundary corners that can just go lock people down that's exactly just my point too
2: and, and that's clearly why they were going so hard after Devin Moore because right. he could be that guy Right. And I believe that. And that's why maybe other schools don't see him as a gap closer, but that's why we see him as a gap closer because he takes, he has the ability to potentially take this defense right. to another level because of the way he can play the boundary position.
1: The other part of this, too, is if they're playing a lot of pure man, like a lot of cover one, you don't necessarily have to have him only in the boundary. And so, my, cause my thought is, so now my number one cornerback in the 2022 class. And my number one cornerback in the 2021 class, Ryan Barnes, are both 6'2", 6'3", guys that are number one ideally suited for the boundary. So then the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, can those guys play together? And that's the thing I like about both of them. I think they're both rangy enough and instinctive enough and good enough tacklers and, and have enough speed to where they can also play the field. So this isn't a situation where if, let's say, Ryan Barnes, by being ahead of Devin Moore, beats him out in the boundary corner, it's not like, well, Devin, um, sorry, man, you have to wait for Ryan to graduate or go to the NFL. Right. No, right. they can play together, whether it be in a nickel, whether it be in a as an outside corner. And guys like that, to me, are great fits for that third, that fifth DB thing because Marcus Freeman well, – or not Marcus Freeman, but the sources I've talked to – it's not Marcus Freeman. It's just a slip of the tongue. I was going to say Marcus Freeman's defense. Yeah, The sources I've talked to have said in Marcus Freeman's defense, he ideally would like to have a corner, a corner be that third or that fifth DB. Not a, not a third safety. Interesting, because we've talked it, about right. safety
2: potentially being that spot. Well, because that's
1: what they did a lot of at Cincinnati. Yeah. But that right. that's just – again, that's good coaching. That's what he had. That's yeah, That was true. the best kind of thing of what they had. But ideally, they'd like for it to be a, a corner. So when you look at guys like Ryan Barnes and Devin Moore and J- even Jaden Bellamy, to agree, who's got some length, even though he's, he's 5'10", you look at a guy like Jaden Mickey who's on the shorter side, but he's very physical – the thing is is they're now bringing corners. Philip Riley is another example. Jojo Johnson. I mean, literally all seven of the corners that they've landed can play at least two spots at in this defense. Versatility That's we talk so about important. It all the time. And so when you look at this now if it like I was going to say is like let's just say hypothetically that you know that Ryan Barnes is the starting boundary corner and and you've still got Clarence Lewis on the roster, you know, cuz he's only a year ahead of those guys or whether it be Philip or Chance or JoJo or or Jaden Mickey or Jaden Bellamy, somebody has kind of earned that other boundary spot or field spot. Devin, you put Devin more in that slot position, and I'm feeling really good about it. You know, uh, if you're if you have issues at safety, you now have guys like Barnes. Now Devin, Philip Riley, I think Chance Tucker has this. Uh, I I think Jaden Bellamy could be this. You now have five guys that are are corners, are legit corners. Mm-hmm. But also pr- have t- sc- tools to say, not that you. Well, if he can't stick at corner, you know that's my pet peeve, Vince, right? Well, if he can't stick at corner, he's not good enough for Queen Moon to safety. No, that's it's not an elite
2: defense. Yeah, no. you
1: have really good corners who are are okay. This guy, we can move this guy here because we think he can play just as good there, and we have other guys that we want, you know, that we think we can step into that corner spot and not miss a beat. And I think that's where they're getting to. So you've now signed seven corners in two years. And so when we talk about his fit into the defense, boundary is where I'm going to start him, right? Yep. But that's not where you have to keep him. And that's the good thing. If he does pass up Ryan Barnes, then you could then move Ryan Barnes somewhere else. Either way, right? And I think that kind of flexibility is so important in this defense. And and that's what Ryan Barnes, or excuse me, (laughs) true Ryan Barnes, but that's what Devin Moore to me brings to the table. So, you
2: know, we always we always like to kind of finish off our analysis with what's next at the cornerback position. You can take this any direction you want, yeah. whether what's next with the defense, what's next for the cornerback position. No, we're
1: gonna stick a corner. What's okay. next? Go get AJ Harrison, two thousand twenty-three. That's <laughs> so what's you're, next.
2: So you're you're no. putting a bow on twenty-two. With
1: the well, I mean, if, they, if if I would, I think they're gonna continue recruiting Benjamin Morrison, and, okay. and I would can, but. Just everything I've heard is it's, it's, he's, he's not going to come, though, today. He's going to go somewhere else. Now, if that changes, great. Take Benjamin Morrison. I'm good with okay. that. Uh, but I just don't think they're going to get him. So, uh, so I'm ready to move on. And I think what this does, the, the four guys that they've signed last year, the three guys that they've signed this year, if you look again, look at what they do. Right. And so when we look and say, man, you know, they didn't sign any safeties in 2020. We got two guys last year, the 2019 safety depth chart. By the time this class is gone, Kyle Hamilton is going to be gone. All you have is Litchfield, Ajavon. So like three safeties really in three years. And one of them has never played, a, I think, what, maybe one or two snaps on defense in his career and, and say, man, they, why aren't they recruiting more? Like, why did they got, drop KJ Winston? Why did they drop so-and-so? Because this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to recruit long athlete athletic guys who can fit into multiple spots. And say, why do we need to force ourselves to take a guy who's a safety when we're recruiting a bunch of big corners that we could play there? And those guys are going to bring better coverage ability because that's the ultimate goal. Fine guys can cover, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what they're looking to get. And that's why you see them maybe not taking as many safeties. Now, they'd still take two safeties in this class. If Jake Pope and Xavier Longfield want to come, don't get me wrong, they're going to take those guys. But they're not going to force the issue. And if, hey, if we miss out on our second safety, oh, gee, we got to take so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. It's no, that's why we're recruiting these kind of corners that we're recruiting. I mean, if we got to start four corners, we'll start four corners, which for some teams may seem like, oh boy, that's a bad idea. But when you've recruited corners who are Devin Moore's six, let's say 6'3", 185, three, one eighty-five, you've got Ryan Barnes, who's 6'3", 190. three, one ninety, you've got Philip Riley, who's 5'11, six foot, over 190 pounds. You've got Chance Tucker, who's six foot with long arms. You've got Jaden Mickey, who's a, who's a thumper, you know, even though he's a, you know, five, and a half, five, 175 pound corner is probably the best hitter of those guys, not named Philip Riley in the last couple of classes. I mean, Jaden will stick you. That's another guy that could play corner. I mean, and he's two inches taller than Sean Crawford was. So there's a lot of positional flexibility here among the corners. And that's what this Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman are looking for. They want those type of long, athletic, rangy cover guys. And then they'll figure out who's going to start at corner, who's going to be the depth at corner, who's going to be a safety, who's going to be a nickel, all that. They'll figure all that out, and that's what they're looking for. Here's what else, speaking of the what's next, here's what else they have done by recruiting now. They have commitments from, is it nine DBs in two years? And they're going to get it. They want to get at least one more, hopefully two, so it'll be 11 in two years. Here's what else that has done, and this is impactful. There's now about 15 guys I would just chop off my 2023 board and say, Nope, I'm not gonna recruit those guys. And I'm now focused on the best. You shoot for the moon. I'm focused yeah. on AJ Harris. I'm focusing on Justin Rhett. I'm focusing on Kyan Lee, the best of the best. Because you only need one next year, really. I mean, if we're being honest, if you only sign one corner next year and it's and it's a guy as good as a as as AJ Harris or or what I think Justin Red can be, although I need to see more Justin Red. He's from Nevada. They didn't play, you know, they didn't really do spring ball. I mean, so so again, we got to see him develop. But there are things that I like about him that I say I think he's going to be a top hundred guy. So I'm putting him in that category for now, with the caveat of I need to see his junior sure. film, okay? But that kind of caliber player, if a guy is not that, I'm not recruiting him mm-hmm. unless I think he's a guy that I definitely feel. As a staff, I would move to safety. That's the only other way I'd recruit that kind of corner. That hey, he's a good corner, but I think he could be a great safety. That's the only other kind of corner that I would recruit. But now, because you have signed seven corners in two years, you do have two safeties signed in the last year. You you do think you're gonna get at least one more safety. Your focus at safety and corner in the 2023 class are nothing but impact talent. Now, impact talent doesn't mean top 50 recruit, as we've talked about. It means guys like Devin Moore. It means guys like Brian Barnes. It means guys. I mean, top of the line. Your players. I don't care what the recruiting rankings say. It's about what the Notre Dame coaching staff thinks, mm-hmm. and and that's really where where they are at now. RJG Irving, fireworks on the fourth of July, fantastic. And that's what we got. And Vince, you can probably hear the same one since we live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> yes, I can. They're probably still. Uh, It'll be us you know, here in, a,
2: in about an hour. So yes, no we've got doubt. A about stash it. ready to go. No doubt
1: about it. So thank you for that, <laughs> RJ. Thanks, man. So Vince, this is a this is a big one. This is a big one for oh, it's game, in my Huge, yeah, yeah. No,
2: it's it's absolutely huge. Yeah. And I and like you said, I, I've been high on him for a while, and um, I I just love the length and the athleticism. And I, and I know that's what Marcus Freeman is looking for at corner. I get it. Um, but it's nice to land that. It's what kid. Mike
1: Mickens is both okay. going for, too. I mean, go yeah. look oh, at last year. Of year's course, <laughs> yeah, mean, of course. And that's of the course. thing I want people to understand. And this we had this, somebody made this comment last week. When I say okay, yes, we can talk about how Marcus Freeman is a monster. And we had one of those those questions, that, you know, right here, or one of the, drunk Vigo. <laughs> Freeman is a monster. Absolutely right. All I'm saying is this wasn't just Marcus Freeman, right? Right. It's Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens, and we see blind. It's Marcus Mick, Freeman yeah, and Mike Elston, yeah. right? It's yeah. but that's a good thing. Because yeah. you can't do it by yourself. Very few coaches, that, and like Harry Heastin was that way. Harry kind of did it himself to a degree, but you know Chip Long upped a little bit, and Mike Dembrock up a little bit. But offensive line a different animal. Most positions you can't be that way. So you need to have you need to have that team effort, and that's ultimately what's going to make Notre Dame an elite recruiting operation on defense. And I think they're yep. they're they're there. They're, <clears throat> they got a couple guys I want to see them finish with sure. for me to truly say it's elite. It's elite, you know. And I think one of those guys I'm very confident they're going to get. And then it comes down to between Anthony Lucas and Xavier and but you got to get one of those guys. You know, ideally two, but I mean you got to get one of those guys, in my opinion. Because now I want to see you pull off the upset. That's the final step for this staff. Like, yeah, I don't know if they've pulled off the upset yet. I think like Tyson Ford was a guy that that I felt they could have got if they if Clark Lee would have been a little bit more involved than that. Marcus Freeman stepped in and Tyson Ford's such a natural Notre Dame fit. You can maybe say Aiden Gaber was a little bit of an upset because Penn State was considered his leader for so long. I don't know if – like, Devin Moore's not an upset, right? Jaden Bellamy wasn't an upset. Jaden Mickey wasn't an upset. None of the linebackers were upset. Maybe Josh Burnham. That might be an upset, right? But I want to see the upset of of the guy that maybe you, you, you're you you're not expecting. So Xavier Nwankpa, who a month ago we thought was going to be committed to, to, to Ohio State, or Anthony yeah. Lucas is the kind of guy that normally Notre Dame doesn't get. That's that final step that I want to see from this staff. And that's why, you know, it, it's, 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 this has been a fun six months when it comes to almost mm-hmm. seven months now when it comes to covering Notre Dame recruiting because no question. these are the positions that people have said for years Notre Dame can't, you just can't recruit players there. You know, really athletic cornerbacks from Florida, right? With offers from Bama and Florida and Georgia. I don't think those. Those, those kids don't want to go to school. Okay, Devin Moore's a borderline yeah. 4.0 student. I was okay. going to say, Devin Moore is a complete. And, <laughs> and, and
2: let me just <laughs> say, let me just say, because, I, and I, I'm sure you brought this Jayden up. Jaden Mickey's earlier. the
1: same way. Jaden Mickey has very good grades. Yeah, I, I'm
2: sure you brought you this know. up uh, up front, but um, Devin Moore, I mean, good gracious. I mean, the, the, the kid has. Is a, is a really smart kid. He's very – I think he took two official visits this spring, and they were to Notre Dame and Stanford. Yeah, that's all you have to say. I right. mean, clearly academics was important for him, and the right. only reason Stanford was in the mix was because of the academics right. side. I mean, right. let's be honest. I mean, if <laughs> you, you can put Stanford and Notre Dame next to each other on a football field, but it's not going to end well for Stanford. I well, just, not
1: recently, yes. Uh, i right. just going to say it. So – these are the I love positions that. they haven't done well. Defense, oh, no you know, defense can't questions. recruit defensive end at an elite level in Notre Dame. they just those kids just don't want to go to class. Well, right, yes, they right. do. You just didn't have the right kind of coaches in place to get them. The, now with, you do with the moxie to right. go in and, Corner. and go for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Line, I mean, you're they're recruiting at such a high level right now, and, and that's what's been fun to watch, is they're just blowing up a lot of those old narratives. And they're doing it quickly. Yeah. Like in yeah. a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talked about this last year with Ryan Barnes too. I mean, Ryan Barnes was considered a three star recruit, but his offer list and the schools that wanted him were not those of a three-star recruit. You, you, you know, and that's the thing that I like is that they are going – I mean, they are going – they beat Clemson for Ryan Barnes. You know, they beat Florida and Alabama for Devin Moore. Uh, th- that's what's kind of made this really fun to I love the teams that they're defense. beating out. No I course. mean,
2: again, I, I agree with you. There hasn't been a huge upset in the 22 class, but – they're still going up against some of the big boys, mm-hmm. right? And and right. they're beating them for some. Well, and part of the reason so. they're
1: beating them is because they're getting them on them so early. Right. And that's 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 huge. Good recruiting strength. And, and, and that's something we did talk about before you got on, Vince. Was okay. was you know, the fact that they got on so early, by the time Bama and Florida really started to make their push, Notre Dame was like they already established themselves. Exactly. The and and that was something that that's we important.
2: knocked the staff about, you know, a few years back. Right. Is they weren't getting on kids early enough and they would try to swoop in late and there was just too much ground to be made up. Well now the tides have turned a little bit with some of these kids which is which right. is fantastic. Which is right. a credit to the recruiting staff, no question. They there's they're they're turning the table on that and they're getting on kids early which is fantastic. Yep. So,
1: so this was one of the big ones we talked about. This was um th- this is one of those ones we talked about that first week of July. We we said that if Devin Moore made a decision this summer it would yeah. be good for Notre Dame. The question was and, and this as of Three four days ago, when I talked to sources, they were still in that dis- that discussion mode with Devin to say, "Okay, is this what you want to do? Are you going to take it in the fall?" So they did have to close. As so we say, closing is the key, mm-hmm. and this one they closed on. They absolutely closed on this one. So this is a big one for Notre Dame. I expect them to get a, one more commitment for sure over the next week. There's a couple more that you know could could happen, but I expect them to get one more public commitment over the next week. Um, we'll have to see kind of how it goes down. Got to finish up some things and, and close a little bit, but you know I don't think they're done. They're not done in July, in my opinion. So uh, this is what commitment number two in the month of July,
3: right? Yeah, and and we and set
1: the over under on like what four, right? Four days in. Yeah, so uh, this is a big one. And, and this is this is a result of that month of June we talked about, right? Oh, yes. The month of June was the key. Didn't mean that all those kids had to commit in June. They've now had two of the kids that visited, Jaden Bellamy obviously being the first. So you're really feeling good about your cornerback class. You kind of have that position locked down. You ha- you've met your needs, the needs in this class. You They want it well. They really only needed two corners in this class, just two pure corners. They wanted three. That was a want, not a need. That's also something I love about this defensive staff. They don't need four linebackers in this class. They want four linebackers. They don't need three DNs in this class. They wanted three defensive ends in this class, and they're getting them. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece of this puzzle, too. So they met their minimum needs, and they met it with impact players. And look, Jaden Bellamy right now is clearly my third cornerback in this class. It wasn't that long ago, like maybe two, three years ago, where Jaden Bellamy is your number one corner. I mean, and, and it's not – I mean, it's it's clearly really your number corner. one corner. <laughs> right. And and that's a great sign. That's not a knock on Jaden Bellamy. That's like you want to keep getting kids like that. But he's – you know, I kind of call him a maybe a faster version of Clarence Lewis, right, which is a good thing. Now he's your third corner instead of your number one corner. And, and you're not taking projects. That's the other thing is there's some guys right. they've taken in recent years that have some tools – but they were projects. They weren't developmental players. They were projects. Maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. Devin Moore, Jaden Mickey, Jaden Bellamy, they're not projects. They need development, but we're, we're talking about junior film. I haven't played their senior years yet. So it's, it's a very exciting time. So that's it for the corner recruiting, and, and we talked a little bit about what's kind of coming next. But, Vince, before we get out of here, let's get some comments and some, okay. uh, some questions before we roll out of here. Well, obviously and, a lot of positivity. And, again, I can't appreciate all of you. I mean, we're almost 200 people in the chat right now. I can't, I can't thank you all enough for being – I mean, it's July 4th. It's Independence yeah. Day. It's 820. I'm sure there's fireworks going off and grill going off, so we appreciate you all being here with us. Before you leave, please hit the Like button, subscribe to our channel, hit the notification bell. Make sure you're checking out irishbreakdown.com and if you're listening on the podcast, leave us a five-star review and keep your eye out for some announcements coming up this week regarding Irish Breakdown and some things we got going on. But I uh, uh, appreciate y'all being being in here with us on this. So we're going to try to wrap this up quickly and get to questions quickly so that way y'all can get back to to your mm-hmm. to your thing, to your uh whatever you're doing with your families or whatever the case may be and I'd like to go see some fireworks and I need to get back with my wife so we can finish up this little project that we're working on for hours breakdown that I'm just hmm. teaching
2: you all with. Hmm. You're such a tease, Brian. It's a really honest yep. to yep. it. Yep. All right. Do we want to throw up like all the uh, excitement? No, and, I just uh,
1: kind of get this one really from Kenny since Kenny's my guy had really good addition. Happy fourth IB family. Uh, and then we can g- dive into the comments and I want to do this one from Coleman first fence, because okay. this does kind of something that I didn't really hammer on enough during the show. But it's a really good question and point. So, yes, so, na- he says uh, now this means go all in on Nwankba and Pope. That is important because now Mike Mickens is freed up to not only focus on the 2023 kids, but now you have Marcus Freeman doesn't have to keep, you know, he doesn't have to hammer Devin Moore the way that he has been yeah, or Jaden Bell- Bellamy the way they had been. Now you're putting even more of your resources on those two safeties. Which and is huge. that's a very important yeah, thing. If they can close on both of those guys, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that would be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and and then just to kind of follow up, Garth Cassidy, uh, if you want to read down, because that's kind of like that's why we have 190 people in the chat right now. Which is, which is <laughs>
2: Garth. Garth says, "Happy Independence Day, Irish breakdown family. Love that there are people as crazy as me about Notre Dame football and Notre Dame football recruiting. Hey, man, including nope. us because we're, we're here. Vince we're, wasn't
1: we're... even going to be in the chat at first. That's so why he was late. Yeah. He had a little little propane uh, problem with the grill." <laughs> Not prepared like, to make it, but he hustles down here because he it was all bummed that he didn't he wasn't gonna be in the show tonight. This, but uh, this is huge, man, I, yeah, I needed to be a part time. of
2: today because this was it's yeah. a gap closer. I wanted to be a part yeah. of it, no question about it. Um, yeah, yeah D Rock says, uh, "Boom, big pickup here! Fireworks over the Golden Dome on this commitment here in Southwest Florida. Naples is a football powerhouse with some quick and hard hitting athletes. Happy Independence Day."
1: Mm-hmm. And Jordan, you absolutely knew I was going to be here, man. I mean, I appreciate that. He says you are dedicated, Brian. So is Vince. He left that comment before you before you got here, Vince. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but no, we we're definitely. I mean, there may be times I'm not going to be able to make these kind of things, but I mean, we're going to do them. We can. Yeah, I mean, we're I do them every chance we get. So yeah, yeah we no love doubt. it. We appreciate it. But look, we only do it because we know you all are going to show up. Like, and we know exactly. you all want it, and that's that's what we're here to pro- provide. I, so I really I, appreciate you being part of it. I gotta put Kenny's up here.
2: Kenny says leaving the family barbecue to check out the show. Mother in law just rolled her eyes. Hey, at me. Been you know there. what?
1: I mean, if you don't, if you don't, it's like what is Lou Holtz's old saying, right? We could say about Irish breakdown, right? If you haven't experienced Irish breakdown, then you won't understand. Yeah, if you exactly. have experienced Irish breakdown, no words are necessary, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think fantastic. it was something like that, right? Yeah. And Spartan B, I, I'm gonna respond to this. Still need Morrison, Nawocki, and Pope. I don't think they need. I don't think they need Benjamin Morrison anymore. And look, I like Benjamin Morrison. So, so a buddy of mine asked me last night. He said, um, "Who do you, who do you, who would you rank higher, that Benjamin Morrison or Devin Moore?" And I said, "Well, it depends. If I'm just doing a, a top 100 and just independent of position, I'd have Devin Moore ranked higher because he has so much positional flexibility." As a pure corner, right now Benjamin Morrison had the highest grades when it came to just the pure corner stuff, by a little bit, right? Not by, and, and I think as as Devin Moore cleans up some of his technique, I think he will pass Benjamin Morrison, but they're very close uh, as just a pure corner. So this is not this. I love Benjamin Morrison, but they don't need him anymore. They've got three corners in this class. They don't need an eighth corner in two years. So uh, Nowakman Pope again i don't think they need both of them they need one of them they want both of them that's Mm -hmm. that's the little bit there so so i get where you're coming from but i would somewhat somewhat just a little bit um a a little bit uh disagree with you on that dylan
2: hoffman says bellamy has a ceiling but mickey and moore are legit corners for the irish big land pope and Wonka would make the secondary class a home run
1: yeah agree i mean I think one of them, one of them makes it really, really good. Both of them makes it a home run. And to your point, I, D- Dylan, this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier. I like Jaden Bellamy. He's not an elite prospect, right? There are some areas where his game needs to still develop. He's not a guy that I graded out as high as others. But when he's your third corner, that says a lot. And, and here's mm-hmm. the other thing: let's say, let's say that Jaden Bellamy isn't a guy that necessarily is a full time corner because he's now your number three. You can play him as a nickel guy. You can play him in some areas where maybe you can protect him a little bit more. You could play him as sort of a a cover safety. There is a there is a place for that on third down or against a USC where you know maybe a guy isn't a full time safety. You know he's not going to be playing safety against Wisconsin and Stanford and teams like that. But maybe you can play him as a nickel safety in those against those teams that like to throw. That's a place another place where you can play Jaden Bellamy. But if you don't get those other two corners and Mickey and Moore, then you have to leave Jaden Bellamy there, which then takes away some of the value of what I like about Jaden Bellamy, which is his versatility and his ability to play a lot of different positions. So it's a good observation there.
2: Chris Fortson says, I see more as a safety with his size. What do you think? Could no, he play safety? Yes. Yeah, but, he could. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: but, but what you have to understand is just because a guy is 6'3 um, doesn't mean he's a safety, right? Just because a guy is 5'10 doesn't mean he's a corner. It's about how you move. And do you have the instincts for position? So if we were just going to base this off of his size, yeah, he's I, he's a safety based on just his pure size. The reason Notre Dame is recruiting him, however, is because he moves like a corner. He has the instincts of a corner. He has the ball skills of a corner. And that's what they're looking for. And we're seeing more teams looking for that when they can find it. You're seeing more and more tall corners playing now. I mean, you look at the success that Marcus Freeman has had, but he's not the only one. And, and that's something that Notre Dame wants. They want those long guys that can play corner and and Devin Moore is it. Now, again, that doesn't mean he won't play safety at some point in time in his career. And right. that's something I've said. When they were first looking at him, I assumed he was going to be a safety. And then I finally sat down to talk to him because, because of the length for the same reason Chris did. I just assumed because of how many corners they signed last year that that yeah. you know they had a, so many corners on the board that he was more of a safety, a free safety kind of guy. Nope. Like no, nah, we love this kid as a corner. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> I mean I dig it. I dig it. Paul Gonzalez Jr. says, awesome get on the defensive side of the
2: ball, but who's the next big get on offense? It's great to have a dominating defense,
1: but it's no good if we can't score. We're, we'll we'll get to all that next week. But again, as I said in the show yesterday, or was it Friday? Just because they're not recruiting on the same level as the defense does not mean the recruiting on offense stinks. Okay? I'm not going to say the phrase that you all know I want to say right now, but let's just see how they, how they, what they can do next, right? But <laughs> th- there's, there's a lot to like about what's left on the board at receiver, what's left on the board at offensive line, what they have in the current roster, is in the freshman, you know, class and sophomore classes. So, yeah, it's so hard not to say it. I'm trying not to say it. <laughs> just say you it, you know. But just let it play it. out. Thank you, thank
2: you. I don't want you to start like itching. Uh, no, right. I was getting ready to like. <laughs> uh, Jack Sullivan says you agree that it's the best two-year haul at DB in the BK <laughs> era already. I guess that's even without oh. the two safeties to, that could
1: potentially commit or not commit. It would. It. Oh man, that's well, it's obviously seventeen. It's not going to be part of any of this conversation because <laughs> so you can't of how bad 17, that 17,
2: was. Seventeen, 18, yeah,
1: yeah, because seventeen. I mean, they just they didn't get a safety. I mean, it was such a disaster so basically 17 eliminates the two years before it so I'm trying to think what they did in 2015 because I really liked I'm trying to remember who exactly was part of that 2015 class because I did really like the 2016 class obviously that had J- Julian Love and Troy Pride and those kind of guys so 2015 yeah Ashton White, Sean Crawford, Nick Coleman, Nico Fortita, McKelty Williams I really liked McKelty Williams yeah, yeah. This would probably be this would probably be my my top group. Probably be my top group. I mean, yeah. This would be my best two year. You know, there's just a couple of years because I mean, you know, I thought T. Shepherd was really good coming out of high school, but you know they came up a little. You know, because you had the C.J. size, Elijah Shoemate, Nick Barati at, at safety in 2012. You had T. Shepard and and Kavari Russell at corner. That was really good. And then next year in 2013, you had Cole Luca corner. Uh, you had Drew Tranquil at safety. You had Devin Butler at corner. You had Max Redfield at safety. That was a really good two-year haul, too. I mean, that was a really good two-year haul. I mean, you think about what they added in those two years. So what I'll say to you, Jack, as I say right now, it's kind of a wash. The this key for Notre Dame is going to be, can you get that safety? If they can go get that safety, because I don't think you can strike out at a position that you need at least one guy in and say that, hey, it's the best. So I think right now, when you look at that 2012 haul that had that had T. Shepard, look, we know what T. Shepard became, but we didn't know that at the time. At the time, he was a top 50 prospect. You had Kavari Russell. You had C.J. Prosize, You had Eliza Shoemate. who was a four-star, top 200 caliber safety. Then the next year, you get Cole Luke, who was a top a top fit 150 player. You got Drew Tranquil, who I loved in high school. You got Max Redd, who was a five-star safety. So right now, I'm, I'd probably give the edge to 2012 and 2013 because this class isn't done yet. If they land a safety, especially if they get Xavier Nwankpa, then this class, then this two-year haul jumps ahead of them. Uh, so right now, I would say no, I don't agree with that. But I think when they if if they can get one more safety or one safety, that it would become the the best group, the best two-year haul. Which this is-, is important because, as you know, Vince, I like looking at things in pairs. You can't just look at a class independent because it's not just that one class playing against everybody. What did you get before? What comes after? Sure. Are very important. Sorry, Vince.
2: No, that's okay. Um, William J. Stites has a great question here because this is this is something that you harp on a lot. Um, How important is the offer list? Is it more important than
1: star rankings? Only if you understand the context of the offer list, and what I mean by that is Alabama throws out a lot of offers. Surprisingly, a number, a surprisingly high number of offers for a program that could just pick and choose who they want. And so, just because the kid has an Alabama offer doesn't mean he's being recruited by Alabama, right? And you know, you could look and say, well, this kid had to, you know, Clemson, LSU, but yeah, they weren't. He wasn't a take there. So if you understand the context of the offer list, I think the offer list means more to me than the than the star than the rankings, especially now. The rankings to me, ten years ago, mattered a little bit more because I had I had a difference of opinion. I had a different opinion of the people that were doing the rankings. And I still have a lot of respect for what two four seven does, uh, to a degree, and I think SI ninety nine SL American works really hard. But the other one is just kind of falling off a cliff a little bit in regards to the quality of the people that are doing the rankings for the most part. So, you know, rankings to me are are, are fun. They're nice, but I care more about who a kid is going after. I think the other thing too is is you also part of the context of the offer. Some I've explained before, Vince is. Some schools are great programs, but like if Clemson offers an offensive lineman, what about Clemson the last six or seven years when it comes to offensive lines makes you think that they should be considered? This isn't a knock. Not that they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you no, don't have yeah. you're not winning titles if you have bad offensive line, but it's not like sure. they're pumping out elite offensive lines, they're not winning Joe Moore awards or not well, you guys in it, the first two rounds. You went through like it the that. other day.
2: They're not getting guys drafted off the offensive line. Not, you're not to, many. To the extent yeah. that Notre Dame is. Right. And I they're mean, like
1: third, fourth round yeah. picks. A lot of them are, you know, uh, you know, Mitch Hyatt was a top recruit coming out of high school. He was a four year starter at Clemson, he went undrafted. Mm-hmm. You know, so like so if a Clemson, if an off offensive lineman's got an offer from Clemson, does that really move the needle for me relative to Kirk Ferentz wants him? or Alabama's offered them, or, you know, if a, if Alabama's offered a tight end, I mean, they've had good tight ends, but I don't consider them like the tight end gurus of college football, right? Right. So it doesn't necessarily move the needle. If a receiver is being recruited by Alabama, that's going to tell me something, right? Uh, if a DB is is gets an offer from, this is what I said about Memorial Walker, the fact that Nick Saban saw this kid work out in person and said, we want to offer you as a DB, maybe like, you know, it wasn't necessarily the Alabama offer, and, and like a lot of running backs to Alabama offers. I think Alabama recruits a lot of highly ranked, overrated running backs. I just, I just do that have success in college more because of the offensive lines they play in behind, as than what they are sure. necessarily. Sure. And Trent Richardson being a prime example of that. So, it just you have to understand the context of it, William. It is a great question, but it's if a school is recruiting him and it's a top program or a program that is good at producing certain positions, then yes. It like if Ohio State rec- offers and wants a receiver, that matters to me. If Ohio State's offering and recruiting a tight end, I don't care. Makes sense to
2: me. Trey Taylor says D more fits perfectly to the boundary, but is it just me? But in film study, he seems to he seems able to sink his hips and explode yeah. out of his breaks towards the yeah. ball. Technique still needs to be refined. Yeah. And Trey's a
1: DB guy, so Trey's going to see some of that minutia events that maybe yeah. we might miss. But, no, and, absolutely. And and when his technique is right, Trey, that's exactly what you see. Yeah. Is you see a guy that has some explosiveness. And, and you don't he, see that a lot from 6'3 guys.
2: He kind of follows it up. He says, Devin Moore has very similar length to Patrick Sertain, not as polished, but has some similar traits yeah. athletically. Yeah. That's big,
1: that, that's a big comparison. Plain why Alabama's recruiting him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and to his point, you know, Patrick Sert- Sertain was a very physically developed, polished player because, you know guess yeah, who his dad was right yeah. his dad was and his dad's a coach too that's the other thing It's like just because your dad played in the nfl doesn't mean your dad can teach you how to play that's that very game. true patrick's dad is you know he's he's a high school coach i mean he he coaches he can teach not just not only was he a great player in college and in the nfl but he he can teach the game too and he, t- right. he clearly taught it to <sighs> his son and i was very happy the broncos drafted him as a broncos fan and devin moore isn't quite as polished but to, to Trey's point, there are tools that you look at and say, boy, if this kid can can pick those parts of the game up, and it's not always a given that kids are going to take to coaching, but if Devin Moore can take to coaching and, and they can clean those things up, he's got a chance to be special. Ryan Haley
2: has an interesting question. He says, does this class have the potential to get to 28 commits with who's left on the big board? If not, does that mean not landing Rice, Moss, or
1: Nwankpa? What they would do is they would start making decisions not to take certain players before they got to 28 at that point in time. You know, so like if they got to 28 and the class did not include those three players, you could even add Anthony Lucas in there, then they're not going to get to 28 if they think they can get those guys because they can't take 31. I mean, that's literally illegal uh so what is the number that they can take you the most you can take is 30 it's the most you can take is 25 in a class but you but if you have early enrollees you can put some of them to the previous year gotcha so that allows you over 25 but i think i'm pretty sure the 30 is the max number you can get okay interesting i I could be wrong on that but i believe but notre dame's not going to bring in 28 commits i don't think i think they'll get up to 26 27 if they get up to 28, it would mean they're getting Rice or Lucas or Moss or Nwankpa. It would not mean that they're getting to 28 without those guys. I just don't think the class, I don't, I think they would turn scholarships to other, to the, to, to the 2023 class for the reasons we talked about. It's a really good class so far. And they could, you know, hey, instead of maybe only have room for one corner if we bring a 28, but if we're smart about it, then we may still have room for a second corner or a second running back or a third receiver or fourth receiver, whatever the case may be. Next year, mm-hmm. Colin C says, Have you ever had a player
2: commit during a show about a player committing?
1: Have you ever had a player commit during a show about a player commitment? Um, I don't, well, we haven't been doing shows that long,
2: yeah, right? So,
1: uh, no, because back in your old places, so.
2: you weren't doing them like immediately after,
1: right? I mean, you well, we, doing we like would, podcasts. but they'd be like little quick 10 minute deals, okay? It was like little 10, 15 minute deals. So, no, I don't think we, Wait, there was a kid. I think there was a kid that committed during a wasn't there a kid that committed during one of our shows earlier. Um, I can't remember. Doesn't but no, I, well, but yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, no somebody else. Jonathan just
2: has a nice uh, comment here. Elite corners are so vital to winning championships, and what we have so far is nothing short of yeah. phenomenal. I agree. D Rock. Let's all hit the like, share, and notifications, subscribe buttons tonight. Happy Independence Day, Brian, Vince, and everyone in the chat. Go yes, sir. Irish. Yes,
1: sir. Love that. Yeah, uh, I'll put up a couple of these while you're looking for questions, okay, Vince, thanks. But just some observations of as we're watching film. Elijah Mills says, extremely versatile with the different techniques techniques he uses, uh, which makes him a scheme fit for basically any scheme, and that's a great observation, great observation. It also, within your scheme, gives you a lot of different things you can do with him, so you can be scheme flexible with players like him, with players like Jaden Mickey, with players like Ryan Barnes and Phillip Riley and 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 those kind of guys because because of exactly what Elijah says. Not only can he fit in any defense, but when you have multiple players like that, you can then – have that versatility within what you do you could be cover four, one play and then cover one the next and play them both at a high level and and that's a a really important piece to this
2: jonathan says isn't Kerry g slotted to be a safety or am i wrong on that no you're
1: not wrong did we say something that made you think that he wasn't because i said i might have said they didn't land a safety in 2021 but if i said that and that's why you're saying that i meant to say 2020 but no No. definitely definitely he's, he's there
2: Earlier we were talking about how there hasn't been any upsets yet. Matt D says Brennan Vernon yeah. was a huge upset yes, in twenty three. But
1: I was more referring to the twenty-two class yeah. on defense. Yes. Uh Brandon. But he is right. That was a huge yeah. upset. A huge upset. Right.
2: Brandon Coos says since Morrison is trending away, is Andy still looking at the class of twenty two DB Osbury from Louisiana.
1: Those two don't have anything to do with each other because they're even though uh, uh Aiden or was it uh Osbury I forget his name because there's two of them, right? There's two yeah, Osburys. I get one's the two. DB I get the linebacker. two. The two uh, names a little bit. Can you know the the one kid's in 22, one kid's in 23, right? But the 22 Osbury, is a uh, he's a he plays a lot of corner in high school, but they're recruiting him as a safety, so he is not a guy that that would impact whether they're going after um, Benjamin Morrison at all. They're not gonna they're not gonna change their recruitment of him. Because of that there it, where where he would be a little bit of a, OK, now we're going to turn up the heat on him. It's Austin uh, where we're going to turn the heat up on him would be if they missed out on the two safeties. I think that's when they would go, OK, plan B mode. We got to go mm-hmm. recruit him or sure. we got to go get another safety. Losing Benjamin Morrison isn't going to impact that.
2: Matt D says if ND can get Sonny Styles Montgomery to go along with Brendan Vernon, that will crush the hearts yeah. of OSU. And I would not No have- doubt. No I doubt.
1: Really I, I I was the, the, the cookout I was at yesterday back home. I was in Ohio. I went home to see really? my really? grandmother. Yeah. So I went home to see my grandmother yesterday, my 89 year old grandma. and We had a cookout at my uncle's house and my grandma had been sick for a while. She had COVID. She was in the hospital a couple days. She's back home. And so I wanted to go see her, spend some time with her. And then we went to the cookout. And of course, there's a Michigan fan there. Really nice guy, but a Michigan fan, pretty realistic Michigan fan, which I don't meet very often. But then everyone <laughs> else is Ohio State fans, right? And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, just, just surrounded <laughs> by Ohio State fans. So yeah, when uh, when uh, Notre Dame can do things to break the fans of break the hearts of Ohio State fans, um, it's you're all in. Never a, <laughs> never a never a negative for me.
2: Ashley Hill says he has the gap closer shirt on. You two are the dynamic duo. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go, go ahead.
1: <laughs> you got one. Tommy uh, Cole Col- Col- Winski. Um, that just sounds bad, Yeah. especially after the last year we've been through, that might get me arrested. Like, what is is—is this the new variant? Like, what are you spreading? You know? So yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be uh, doing that, Tommy, but I like where your head's at trying to think outside the box. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Uh, here's a great response. Notre Dame, two, one, six, four. Every time another target commits to Notre Dame, I breathe a sigh of relief. So even though things are rolling along, I get it. There's still that anxiety of, no doubt. you know, is he going to pick Notre Dame for sure? You know, I had someone who, li- we had someone who listens to the show all the time. It was on the channel yesterday or was it this morning? And, and somebody had, was talking about, you know, Devin commitment today. And he was like, I'm not sure if I feel good about Devin Moore. And I'm like, man, the minute Devin Moore tweeted out last night, that he's going to commit today at seven. If you're listening and paying attention, you should have been like, Oh, going to Notre Dame. Cause yeah. what I've been saying is if he yeah. commits this summer, he's going to pick Notre Dame. If he goes yeah. into the fall, be a little bit trickier, but there's still that just not don't want to get my hopes up. Right. And get him Absolutely. crushed. Absolutely. because Absolutely. It's called, you know, P- the PTSD of fandom for the last <laughs> 20 years of, of Notre Dame fans, you know,
2: and Notre Dame two, one, six, four also has a fantastic mm-hmm. when you, you were saying, but you didn't want to say knock, knock who's there. Let it play out. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: That was good for yep. me. I yep. enjoy it. If, if something makes me chuckle, I'm filling it up. Mm-hmm. Tori Phillips, <laughs> this is a good response. The only need is Nwankpa because he's a gap eraser. And, and I think, you know, again, I, I don't think they need him per se, because I think they have some decent safeties. But if you really want to get, if you really want to erase the gap, then you need him. He's the only gap eraser left on the board in the secondary, to, to Tori's point. So I, I really like that comment. No question about it. When
2: k kind of follows up here, he says, do you think the commitment of JT Tui Maliau today to Ohio State will affect the recruitment of Xavier Nawampa? Could that make joining Ohio State more appealing?
1: No, because I don't think – I mean, that's already a position of incredible strength for Ohio State. It's not like, man, they've really had bad defensive linemen and all of a sudden they finally got a good one. Uh, I don't think that matters as much. And honestly, if anything, the, the 2023 commitment of Brennan Vernon might have a greater impact because he's going to play with Brennan Vernon longer. You know, because, you know, if JT's as good as people think he is, he's he's going to be gone in three years. And he's a year ahead of Xavier Nawangpa So at the end of the day, when things – Notre Dame's recruiting the defensive line extremely well. And this – I mean, I, where k is coming from, I, I, I think there's some – you know, put some thought into that. But I think the way Notre Dame has recruited the front seven – I, 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 this is going to come down to where does Xavier Nwokwu think he fits in best, and where he's most comfortable in those kind of things. It won't be something like, I don't think he'll need to go down that far down the list because number one, I think Notre Dame can compete with him and say, okay, well, yeah, maybe they're recruiting the D line a little bit better than us, but uh, I'll put our DB, our linebacker class against anybody that, mm-hmm. that they're going against, and that's also part of that, you know, playing in front of him kind of thing.
2: All right, one of the last ones here, Brian, from Colin C. It sounds like A.J. Harris isn't trending towards Notre Dame. It just seems like it's Ohio State and Clemson. And in a recent interview, he only mentioned going for fall visits for Ohio State and Clemson. Is Notre Dame still in play?
1: Yes, they're still in play. They are still in play for
2: that one. All right, that is going to do it for what I see over there on the comment list,
1: Brian. Yep, I think so. There's a couple. (laughs) I like this. I want to get this one out there. Okay. Okay michael scheller i feel the need for sneed <laughs> i love it i love it i love it i mean i, I, think, we can, I think we can i think we can end on that one that's I think good. end on that one i like so, everyone thanks so much for being a part of the show tonight i really appreciate everybody spending part of their independence day with us now yeah. go outside enjoy some fireworks vince go get that grill back fired up All right? I'm going to go upstairs, get some work done, enjoy the fireworks as best I can with my petrified dog who hates fireworks. Yeah. Uh, But I appreciate everybody being a part of the show with us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Going to talk some Notre Dame football uh, for our live show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Got a fun week planned at Irish Breakdown, and I can't wait to get to it. So, everybody have a happy Independence Day. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Be well. Enjoy your time with your family. And we will talk to you all again very, very soon. And hit the like subscribe notifications. Talk to you all soon. Happy 4th.